It's your girl Rebecca here, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things Quarantine Spooky Story Special, Episode 12, and I am your beautiful host, Rebecca. So this week is going to be an amazing week for a couple of reasons. First reason, it's my birthday on Wednesday. Woohoo, big 24. I've mentioned it several times in this quarantine special, so you guys probably don't give a shit. But I am going to do an Instagram live to celebrate part of my birthday with you guys because like I've previously said, you guys are a very special part of my life. And um, why wouldn't I want to celebrate it with my boo things? And also, Lily is back in New Jersey and we are going to Skype so she can be a part of the quarantine spooky story specials. Yeah. I know I that was unnecessary for me to sing song it like that, but I'm very excited because she texted me and you know, I want to give her her time to like let me know when she wants to come back on. Um and she texted me and she was like, "Rebecca, is there anything we can do so that I can start doing the episodes with you again? Like I miss it so much." And I was like, "Uh, fuck yeah, like make a Skype. Let's do it." So, um I've tested the sound on my end and it sounds good, but um I'm going to have her um Skype me probably tonight. Um, just to confirm that everything sounds good. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, obviously, but, you know, I know you guys want Lily back just as much as I do. So we're going to make it work for you guys, and it'll be fun. So we'll be splitting stories, and it's nice because I miss having that bickering back and forth between one other person and being able to share live with somebody my opinions and how ideas bounce back off of me and yeah, I miss Lily. So it's going to be nice going back to some sort of normalcy. If there's any sort of normalcy in the world we live in right now, I guess this is the closest thing we're going to get. So anyway, for those that are new, welcome again for like the third time. And this is the Quarantine Spooky Story Special. So because we love all of our boo things so much, we are recording episodes every single day. 10 episodes per episode. Um, of a variety of different paranormal topics, ranging from UFOs, aliens, witches, um, doppelgangers, reincarnation, you name it, like everything. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason to the stories. I, I personally read the title. I see a couple keywords in the story, but I don't read it in full because I like to have a genuine reaction to the story while I'm reading it to you guys. So without further ado, let's get started into these stories. We've got a lot today. All right, first story. I'm not quite sure what this was. This happened maybe a year ago, and I'm still unsure of if I was just tired or this was actually something. I was just relaxing in my room at roughly 1 a.m., just watching some YouTube on my phone. The way my room was arranged at that time was my bed was on the opposite side of the large window with a curtain that broke often and wouldn't cover the whole window. Outside the window, there's enough light from the sky in a nearby village to shine enough light to be annoying, so I used to look at the gap showing the outside world pretty often. My room is upstairs in the house. So, as I was saying, I was just relaxing and watching some YouTube, and just by chance, I look up at the window. I saw the silhouette of a man at my window, mainly just the head and shoulders because of the light and part of the body. My window is at shoulder height. He was just standing there, not moving just watching. I straight up froze and took my earphones out. In the moment, I 
First thought it was my parents, but there's no way they could have opened a door without light from a lamp coming in and make their way over to the window. And secondly, it was as if the figure was made of dust or something. I could see through the shadow, but still see it, if that makes sense. It just stood there for a good minute, not moving. It was at this point I calmed myself down a bit and started to get up to see if it was anything. Here's the extra fucked up bit. It moved. It goddamn moved. It walked along the windowsill towards where my wardrobe is, and I lost sight of it. At this point, I was done. (laughs) I spent a good minute squinting in the darkness to try to find it with no luck. I finally had the idea of actually using my light. I flicked on my bedside light and found nothing. Absolutely nothing. I couldn't see any change in my room or in my wardrobe. I went to sleep straight after this to try to forget it. So originally, while I was reading this out loud, I thought maybe this was a weird shadow casted from the trees outside with the little light from the villages onto the wall, or I don't know, like just some sort of shadow, you know, some sort of logical explanation. But then when he said as he moved closer that the shadow itself started to move, that is freaky. That is where I was like, okay, no, never mind. It wasn't a shadow. Or it was a shadow person, but it wasn't a shadow casted off of just a random object. So, oh, and periodically, guys, you're going to hear some ASMR of me sipping some Focus caffeinated sparkling water. They don't sponsor us, but maybe they should start. So the PR team actually sent me um, like a whole PR kit. It was really cute. It was in the shape of one of their Focus caffeinated drinks and they sent me like all their flavors and i'm drinking the cucumber one right now um it's literally cucumber water like if you were to get it like a fancy office building or something this isn't my favorite flavor to be honest but it does wake you up a little more than the other ones my favorite one is the peach though i'm a peach girl at heart all right let's get started with the next story dead sister was sitting next to my mom All right, I feel like this gives it away, but let's see. I have two stories, but I'll put the main one first. So my mom told me this story a few months ago, but never really had the chance to tell anyone. Here we go. So I was three years old, and we were eating at Chili's, and out of nowhere, I said to my mom that Lena was sitting next to you. My grandma and my mom were scared shitless, because they never told me about her. She had died moments being born. Fun fact, my name was supposed to be Lena, not Tana. Also, if y'all want to know how she died, just ask. Uh, I didn't ask. Um, I don't think it's necessary or appropriate to ask. But it's interesting how little kids can connect with the other side so easily. I know I mention this a lot in episodes, but it really does intrigue me. And I do believe that that theory is pretty solid of thinking of it as if, you know, we're on the spectrum of life and how older people and younger people are both closer to that spectrum of the other world, of the other side. Um, in better terms. And um, those that are younger, you know, we can still connect to that side because we're so close. But as we get older and we stray away from that, we're not able to see as much. And then as we get older, we're, you know, we see older people start saying they see things and hear things. And, you know, some of us chalk it up to them being crazy, but are they? Or are they just seeing things that we can't see anymore? All right. Her second story, my dead dogs. So this is a story about my dead dogs. Lovely, I know. But this has a bittersweet ending. He was a long-haired chihuahua with a few black spots on his face and his butt. (laughs) So my first dog died when I was nine. One day he just ran away because my dad's mom got drunk and forgot to close the door. For two months, my room smelled like death. So my worthless dad went under the house and they found him 
dead under the house under my room. My baby never left me, but a week later, my dad got us another dog, an applehead chihuahua. He was golden brown color. And a week later, I was on the couch with my new dog and look next to me. And I see my dead dog walking to me and he disappears into the light. I just cried. Oh, he's so dare for you. Years later, my other died because my cousin killed him because he didn't like dogs. I don't talk to them and I don't talk to them for different reasons, but this made it worse. All right, I'm sorry, but what even is this family? I'm sorry, that's all I'm going to say. But So for years, I didn't have a dog, but in 2016, my mom got us a new dog, and what was scary is that he looked just like my first dog. His spots were even in the same place, but his spots were the same colors of the dog my dad got us. I don't know how to feel, so I cried and hugged him. He's a long-haired chihuahua, and his name is Mr. J, like the Joker. I love animal stories. I mean, like, I hate animal stories because I hate the concept of animals dying. But the fact that I truly believe that if we build a spiritual, soulful connection with our furry friends, they are still here with us, even if they've passed on to the other side. All right. Next story. Skipping a piece of time. Okay, I cannot stop thinking about this, and I need a place to share where someone else might have experienced something similar. So just to set the stage of what happened, I'm going to give you some details. First off, I live in a fairly rural town. My grandmother also lives in a fair rural town, but it's about 45 minutes away. And to get there, I have to drive through some empty, windy roads with no cell service for about 70% of the drive. Also, I'm a grown, sane woman. I had my nine-year-olds with me that day. My grandmother is 84 and lives alone, so I like to visit at least once a month, and we nearly talk every day. I have driven this backwoodsy route many times and have mental markers for how close I am, ah, fruit stand, we're about 30 minutes away type thing. Well, on this route, there's a part of the road where it is sunken in, repaved, and driving over it makes you feel a bit of flighty. We call it the whoop de doo <laughs> We, especially my daughter, always look forward to it. So we're driving and driving. My daughter can't watch her videos on this drive because no cell service, and I stay off my phone while driving anyway. So she's looking out the windows, and I'm pointing at things like I find neat, like I usually do. At first, the drive was as routine as usual, but for a while, I stopped finding my regular landmarkers. Felt things similar, but I didn't notice the fruit stand and or the mysterious driveway into the trees. I kept thinking to myself that we should be at the whoop-de-doo any minute, but it never came. The drive felt a bit long, and then before I knew it, we were in my grandma's town. We never went over the whoop-de-woo. I started to think that maybe the road was fixed or something. And on the way home, sure enough, the whoop-de-woo was there, and my daughter did her normal wee. I then said, gosh, I don't remember going over that on the way here. And she says, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was watching for the sign, and I don't remember going over it either. There's a sign that says sunken grade. Could we have experienced a rip in the space-slash-time continuum? It gives me chills thinking about this because it creeps me out. There was no way I would have driven over that and not noticed. Oh, my God. This is such a quintessential story for thinking about a rip in the time continuum. Like, this is crazy. And I always think to myself, have I ever experienced this and didn't know the right words of how to explain it? Um, but yeah, I definitely believe this person had experienced a rip in the time continuum. And if you or someone you know has ever experienced a rip in the space-time continuum, I would love to read your stories. Love, love, 
love. I love this concept. I love this theory. I love looking at different theories of this idea of space-time continuum. So email us at justschoolatingspodcast at gmail.com with your rip in the space-time continuum. Um, And yeah, if you want, I could read them on the show. If you don't feel comfortable, just send them to me. I promise I won't read them out loud. If you don't want me to, you just have to specify that in the email. All right. Next story. Explain this encounter. So let's start off by stating I do not believe in ghosts. My girlfriend does believe in ghosts, though. I always try to find things to rule out ghosts like wind or maybe earthquakes or something. But last night, I tried to debunk a ghost theory with our encounter and now need help. Last night around 10 p.m., my girlfriend and I were sitting on our couch talking about her day at work when all of a sudden we heard a finger-like snap. She asked if I heard that, and I told her it was probably something in the house. We both snap back, and literally seconds later, we see my wire that's connecting my controller to my PlayStation swing. Now that we were, I was like, um, did you see that? She starts to freak out, saying, it's a ghost. The snap must have been the ghost. I was trying to tell her the wire probably swung because I stomped on it or something. She tells me there's no way a wire would swing high from a stomp. The swing looked as if someone had raised the wire and let it go, swaying left and right. I tried to recreate the stomp. The wire doesn't swing. Okay, I thought. Maybe if I try stomping closer to the PlayStation, the wire would swing. It didn't move. Okay, let's try seeing if wind could have made it swing. I try blowing my hand near the wire, and it doesn't swing. Keep in mind, all of our windows and doors were closed. I think to myself, well, shit, maybe an earthquake? So I try shaking the TV stand a little, and it doesn't swing as high as it did when we saw it. It more or less just had rattled. She's freaking out at this point and tells me to stop. I stop, but I still keep thinking we could have caused that swing and the snap. I couldn't think of anything that could cause it. I was and still am genuinely lost. After I sit down, she tells me she sees something white out of the corner of her eye move. I tell her it's probably the, the vetreous in her eyeball acting up that's causing the white flash. Oh, he is a skeptic skeptic. She tells, it, she tells me it wasn't a flash, that it was a blob of white moving. I asked if she's ever had flash in her eyes, and she tells me yes, but what she had saw was different than a flash. Nothing else happens that night. We watch a movie, we laugh, we cuddle, she goes to sleep, and I go play my PlayStation, not having any second thoughts about the encounter. I wake up to breakfast and telling her, and her telling me to admit that it was a ghost. I laughed, but I was still skeptical. So I'm asking you guys. I would like both skeptics and believers to tell me what they think it was. I would very much appreciate the help in understanding what I had witnessed. I mean, I would immediately just think, oh, maybe you moved a certain way that it may have knocked this wire over. But it seems like you debunked this yourself or you at least tried to debunk it and you came up with all the theories I would have came up with to think it was something that was just a natural occurrence that happened um, based off of, you know, you moving your foot or you moving your arm a certain way or maybe it was an earthquake, like a very low-grade earthquake. Um, yeah, I can't explain that one to you. Sometimes we have to look at the paranormal as stuff we can't explain because that really is what it is. I mean, let's break down the word paranormal. It's not normal, Right? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a ghost or a demon or something of that nature, but that was paranormal activity. We don't know how that was caused. There's no, there's no evidence behind it. You couldn't debunk it. So 
you have to admit that was paranormal. Um, I feel like sometimes people think paranormal has to be ghosts or demons or something like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what caused the activity to happen. And um, like I previously said in another Quarantine Spooky Story special, I want to do even part of an episode where we break down different terminologies and explain the differences and you know misconceptions of the paranormal world. Because I feel like sometimes people take terminology, and even I do this myself sometimes. Like, I, I take a certain term, and I have my one way of thinking of it, but that's not really the textbook definition of it. And you know, I'm still learning. You know, um, so I just think that that would be a really cool way for our boothings to become more informed. All right, next story is it's relatively long. It's called Childhood Experiences. So it seems like the way that they formatted this was they have a bunch of different experiences, no rhyme or reason, just a bunch of separate experiences. When I was younger, my family lived in a rundown town, terribly built and dangerous neighborhood. It was the type of neighborhood where hearing gunshots was quite frequent. I figured this information might be useful to determine the type of energy or figures we dealt with. We had um, paranormal experiences at the old house, and that's one of the reasons I'm so glad we moved out. One of the experiences I remembered most happened before school one morning. At that point in time, I lived with four of my current five siblings and both of my parents, but that morning it had been only my eldest brother, a middle schooler, and I, an elementary student. He and I sat at our table in the dining room, which was nearly the wall, uh, which was near the wall and had a clear shot of our small kitchen and the back door while everyone else got ready for the day upstairs. We had been quiet eating cereal together when suddenly the back door flew open and shut and a blurry black figure rushed into our house. It was so fast that it seemed to disappear the moment it arrived. My brother and I had both seen it. I know he saw it as well because the moment it happened, we both shared a scared look and promptly stood up. He and I checked our back door, which had been a glass sliding door and found that it had been locked. So there's absolutely no way anything could have come in because it had been locked. So we were both terrified. We went back to eating, but were shaken up by our experience. I remember being so scared as I finished my bowl of cereal. Now, this is a small story, but it seems relevant. My brother told me one day, a long while later, a few months to a year ago or so, that he remembered waking up in the middle of the night only to see a disturbing face looking back at him. His bed was positioned with the foot of the bed facing the hallway, and I have no idea why he slept with his door open, but whatever. Whenever he opened his eyes, he saw a tall black figure with no distinguishable features except its glowing red eyes staring back at him. And of course, he remained still and silent, trying not to show any signs of movement or acknowledgement. Eventually, he managed to fall back asleep and never saw the figure again. I remember seeing shadows move in that home when everyone else was doing their own thing. The creatures never did anything that I was aware of, but they scared the hell out of me and my brother. My mom says she had some paranormal experiences there too, but I don't remember them. I'll ask her another time. Thankfully, they didn't seem to follow any of us to the new house, which we've lived at for five years now. The only experience I've had at this house was a chance encounter with the sleep paralysis demon approximately a year ago and hearing inexplicable breathing in my own room sometimes, but those weren't enough to shake me up. Ah, wait. Another experience dawned on me just now as I'm typing this. I've actually had one true paranormal experience at this house. It was small, but a scary one. I had woken up in the middle of the night only to hear a distant flute. 
I, of course, promptly shut my eyes until I could fall back asleep because I did not intend to follow the music. Smart. All I know was that it was very faint, and it genuinely scared me. This happened a few months ago, but nothing has happened since. I don't know if ignoring it was a good or bad thing, but as of now, I'm glad I ignored it. I just had to share those things, but I also have questions. For those of you who are well-versed in these sort of things, what do they mean for me, my house, and or my life? Are these specific energies or creatures? Are they docile or hostile? And do any of you have a clue what these things might want from me? Any help will be appreciated. I hate dealing with these sorts of things so much. Well, that took a lot to unpack. Um, well, I feel like it is important to note that where you previously had lived was in a really bad, seedy part of town. Um, a lot of dark history. I think that that dark mass may have been a malicious spirit, a negative spirit um, that seemed to want to connect with you or seems like a lot of your brother as well. Like it seems like you and your brother were the only ones with the main experiences, um, especially your brother who would wake up and see this black figure with the red eyes staring at him while he was sleeping. Um, it also, it's interesting. I would love to know what the mom also experienced in that house. If it was negative, if it was positive. Um, I definitely don't think that the spirit followed you to your house that you live in now because it doesn't seem like you have the same experiences as you did at the other place. Um, so I think that that spirit has something to do with the connected property, whether it's the house or the actual property where the house stands on. Um, that seems to be in the past, so I wouldn't even worry about that now. But the spirit that is in your house now... Um, from what I'm reading back, it doesn't seem like a malicious spirit. Um, a distant flute playing. Maybe it was someone that had played a flute in their past life. Um, but it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they're trying to bother you. If they wanted to bother you and shake you up, they would have done it by now, especially since you've been living there for five years now. Um but if you do start to feel uncomfortable, sage your house, communicate with the spirit. Communication is key with these spirits. You got to let them know that you don't feel comfortable and be confident when you talk. Don't show any signs of weakness and say, I would appreciate it if you left. Or if you don't want them necessarily leaving because they're not scaring you, but those little things that they do scare you, I would say, look, I know you're here. I acknowledge that you're here. But I don't feel comfortable with you making these noises, so please stop because I'm here to stay. Say to the house, do a couple prayers, depending on what religion you practice. If you're not a, if you're not practicing a certain religion, then maybe don't do a prayer. But you know, do your research. You know, there's so many different forms out there online that can provide you with different things to do. Um, but don't dabble in some sort of practice where you're not fully comfortable in. I would say the safest thing to do is just sage the house and just communicate with the ghost. That would be my personal advice. But I would suggest, you know, you go and seek second, third opinions as well. All right. My sister's experience with the paranormal. So my sister recently told me this, and I've read enough stories to know I should post this. So a bit of backstory, we moved into our house in 2016, and besides the fact the backyard was trashed, the house seemed fairly normal. In the story, I'm 10 and my sister's 8. The cellars were fairly normal, but all I know about them was that they were really old and I've never met them, only my parents. 
One day, my sister was just lying in bed. We both used bunk beds. And she heard a noise coming from the attic above her. What she heard were footsteps. But the thing was, no one ever goes up in the attic because it's unstable. A while later, when she was sleeping in our mom's bedroom, she saw a silhouette of a man move in the corner of the room. In the morning, she told mom, but mom said it was probably just her imagination. We later got a cat, and occasionally our cat would look up in dark places and run away. And at some nights, our cat would start meowing for no reason and scratching at our doors. But this only happens every so often. One time, when I was home alone, I heard a slight tapping sound coming from the attic. When I listened closer, it went away, but later, my sister said she had heard it too. This might be unrelated, but once, when we were at the school library, my sister's friend told my sister she heard from one of the vents, this was one of those big fat ones, and my sister went over and knocked there and she heard a knock back when she told the teacher the teacher just thought she was making things up but other students heard it and when presented it with the info the teacher just assumed it was a prank well that's weird and i I think the i think the knocking in the vents is unrelated and that school is haunted but going back circling back to your house that is pretty creepy Addicts always freaking the fuck out i don't know okay guys i want your opinion what scares you more addicts or basements I, I'm trying to think about this now. What scares me more? I feel... I do feel like addicts scare me more because they're more likely to be, like, small and enclosed and it's harder to get down once you're up there because it's usually... Basements, it's not like you have just a ladder to go down there most of the time, but with addicts most of the time, it's like a little rickety ladder and then... What if you just poke your head out and then something runs towards you and then you fall down the ladder in the attic? And I don't know. I just feel like addicts are just more likely to cause injury than something in a basement. That's my opinion, but I'm curious what you guys think. Okay. Next story. I meditated. This happened. What the hell was it? I love the supernatural. I want to dabble in it more than a little divination which I always already do and get results with. But it feels microscopic, and there are many things in my life that encourage me to go for more instead of drooling about it and sit back. Thinking I should start humbly and sort myself up to begin with, I have started meditation, which many agree is the first step, and which is healthy anyway. I like how you think. Awesome. I did it for the first time a few days ago, and it went amazingly well. Today I sat down again in the dark in my room, ready to get more of this sobering experience of consciousness. I didn't. I was tired, unable to concentrate. I went from super aware to thoughtful to actually angry and frustrated and back again. Opening my eyes made it impossible to focus, so I kept them closed. But I had invasive images like shapes and faces and weird stuff. Even though it sucks, that's the normal part. Then suddenly I got a super vivid image that stayed. It was a stone street under a total black sky. Every shadow was so black, it was like ink. It was fucking bottomless. I don't have words for this. In the street, I didn't see anyone, but I sensed or knew someone was there. Both gave off an overwhelming, incredibly cold and barren feeling that just felt completely empty and uncaring and dead. And I have no idea how to explain that either. Meanwhile, I was still controlling my breathing and trying to meditate, fully conscious and being frustrated that I couldn't. I could hear my laptop fan. I could adjust my sitting position. I was not falling asleep whatsoever. For some reason, though, I felt weird and not in control of my decisions, like in a dream. 
Somehow, I knew that this someone in the cold street was offering to destroy whatever I asked to it. Destruction just felt at home in this place. I don't know why, but I did ask about something that I hate. I wasn't really thinking or controlling my choices. I immediately felt some kind of dread, and this is when it happened. In the stone street, I heard big insects crawl towards me, crinkling. That was in the vision I heard that noise in my head. Then I heard a real noise in my dead, silent, empty room. It made the same crinkling noise, but using my stuff in real life, on my bag, on my bed, distinctly. First to my left, then to my further right away. There were no air drafts, never any insects or mice. It had been silent for over 20 minutes to the point I could hear the clock ticking in the next room. I have no pets, and I am out of explanations. And then it stopped just as it started within a second. I have no idea why I kept going, but I did. I felt like the person of the black street was there with me, and I demanded it to leave. Nothing had really changed. My timer went off. I turned on the light and honestly felt like shit. Very confused shit. I feel like I need a shower or something. I'm disgusted, and I don't know why. So what the hell happened? Why did my tired eyelid hallucinations get replaced with a vivid image? Should I know who the person in the inky street was? Why did the crinkling in my head suddenly appear for real in my room in the middle of the silence? Thank you for helping me figure this out. Sorry if I sound like a dumbass. It's very late and I'm not doing too good. Wow. I am new to meditation myself and I'm still researching, you know, meditation and different ways to really connect. So I cannot just bullshit an answer to you. I really can't. This I genuinely don't know. So if any of our boo things... Um, if you guys practice meditation and do you have an explanation for why this could be happening, please email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com and I will relay this information to this person because this is a very interesting story and I hope to God I never experienced this because this sounds like a very exper- a scary experience while meditating. I feel like when you're meditating, you're in such a vulnerable position and you leave yourself exposed to so many different energies and things around you, and you kind of just give up your control for that moment in time. So for that to start happening, oh, I get the chills. I don't like that. All right, next story. Message from a deceased friend. I've never had anything paranormal or unexplainable happen to me in my life. I was open to the idea, but still fairly skeptical of stories I've heard. This is my only personal experience with it, and it happened yesterday. To preface this, a good friend of mine passed away a few years ago now. We were very close. The anniversary of his death just passed, and it hit me harder than usual. I spent hours looking at pictures, messages, listening to music he liked, etc. I'm just at a very lonely point in my life, and I feel like I need him now more than ever. So yesterday morning, I wake up very depressed, which is most mornings, and quarantining hasn't benefited my mental state much. I lay in bed for hours and eventually just start crying, sobbing, bawling my eyes out. I'm on the floor, head in my hands, and I say the words out loud, I just want to die. And immediately as I say that, this wind chime I have in my room starts ringing. Loudly, not like a gentle breeze, but like someone walked up to it and shook it. I look up, and I see it still swaying, so I knew it wasn't, I wasn't just hearing things. I always thought that if anything like that happened to me, I'd be terrified. I'm an easily spooked person, but I wasn't at all. I sat there staring at it and immediately thought of my friend. I also got up to double-check the window, was closed, and in fact, it was. My knowledge of this stuff is very limited, and like I said, I've always been a bit of a skeptic, but when it happened, I cried more. 
a happy cry. Like maybe my friend was saying, don't give up now. I'm still looking for you. Is it possible it could have been him or something trying to get some sort of message to me? Well, I think in that moment, your friend was there for you. And I think that when we're in those really low times, our spirit guides, I mean, it could have been a spirit guide, a guardian angel for you as well. But I think that if this person was as close of a friend as you say they were, they were summoned to you. They knew that they were that you were thinking about them and that they needed to tell you the message. And I think that that's why you believe that this was your friend coming to you because it was them, because that was who you needed to hear this from. And even though you didn't hear this person physically say those words, the action, the feeling you had after experiencing that, it wasn't that you were scared, you were comforted, you let out a happy cry rather than a fearful cry. That just all directs me to believe that you know that this was your friend telling you not to give up and that they're still looking out for you no matter what and that they're not going to let you give up so easily. So I think that's a very beautiful story and a very beautiful message that you had, especially during this crazy time of quarantine. All right, next story. I felt an amazing connection to my late son. I'm in a whirlwind of confusion right now, speculating and guessing at the events of last Friday, hoping maybe someone can help me clarify. One thing I feel certain about is that Pace, my late son, is trying to tell me something. This whole virus thing has beaten my nerves raw and my wife's as well. We're in lockdown with our boys and will remain so for a while. Like everyone else, this causes some tension as we try to pass the time as gently as possible. My wife is a strong woman. Not much rattles her, but she's terrified something might happen to the kids. I am as well, and I suppose it's a byproduct of losing pace. It began on Friday. I was in the shower and letting my mind roam through nervous thoughts when I swore I saw a snake at my feet. I jumped back, but there was nothing there. My instinct was to yell out, damn it, Pace, because this was something he would do. He was a joker and loved to get us, which included throwing his plastic snake in the shower for a laugh. He had done it more than once. I excused the experience as made up in my mind, but in a way, I was happy for the memory. As the day went on, I realized that I was thinking of Pace more powerfully than usual. He was on my mind to the point of distraction. Perhaps as a result of this, I began to feel him around me. I started to see his energy playing out in all sorts of ways that was difficult to explain. Sounds, senses, I could just feel him. At one point, my oldest son was sitting on the living room watching television when he picked up a plastic drinking cup, put it to his face, and sucked in the air. He's my serious one, and I hadn't seen him do that before, but pasted it all the time. Later, as I was loading the dryer, my wife asked me what I said. I hadn't said anything, I told her. You said, she said, you said, I wish. Oh, I said, yeah, maybe I did. In that moment, I was thinking of pace, and I'm not sure if the thought was mine or where it came from, but the idea was that we had to have a talk. That's when I must have said, I wish, out loud. I experienced a connection with Pace before, albeit through a proxy, and so my mind was keen to believe I could hear him again. I have no gifts, I have no experience other than that one, and I know nothing outside of having some faith that there is nothing that is that there is more to things than I used to believe. And so with all the energy of him around me, I decided to go up to my office and just sit there quietly to think about him. I didn't know what else to do. That's when things got interesting. I don't know what I was hoping for, but I started to see images. It wasn't by any means startling because there weren't 
they weren't in the room with me. It was much less extraordinary than that. They were just thoughts that would otherwise seem very regular. The, I, the difference is I had no idea why these specific images were coming to me and not all of them made sense. The first was a field hospital that seemed to go on forever and I equated that to this horrible virus. All of the beds were empty and while I can't tell you why, it gave me a sense of enormous peace. In that moment, I knew things would be okay. I just felt it and I'm not questioning it. It's fact. The next thing I saw was a rocking horse and I knew it had nothing to do with the virus, but I also felt it meant something. The feeling was very soothing and I vaguely sensed my father. There wasn't anything else that I imagined other than the general idea of a road trip, which seemed connected to my father. I have no idea what the two could possibly have to do with one another. After a while, I had images of regular things, the boys, the house, the bills, and I realized that I was controlling them. So it felt like these ideas were over for now. I was sitting at my desk, and so without thinking, I turned on my computer to check email when it hit me. I was completely relaxed. The anxiety and fear was gone. It was an extraordinary moment. It still is. In the analysis, I think what I let myself experience was less about what I saw and more about what I felt. I can't say why or what was in particular that calmed my mind. All I know is that my mind is calm. I wonder if I somehow connected with pace. If so, I wonder if it was more about connecting with pace than the puzzles I saw in my mind. I wonder if it was just the power of that connection and maybe he was able to tell me somehow that everything will be okay. I am so far away from this particular science, I know nothing. I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm sharing, and I believe much of what I always laughed at before. I'm not laughing anymore. Anyways, I just want to type this out. Thanks for reading. Wow. That is a very insane experience. And I think that we should take from this experience um, of this person that lost their late son that we need to sometimes take a step back and just be with our thoughts and just like let life just happen. Sometimes we just we are just so controlled based where we feel like we need to manipulate everything and that we need to do everything and have it come out a certain way. But just sitting down, meditating, let happen, hap- let things happen the way they're supposed to happen, and let your thoughts just come to you. Don't try to make the thoughts happen, and you will find answers within yourself that you didn't even know you had. And you may not be able to make connections with what you're thinking of right away. You may think, why the hell am I thinking this? This isn't what I wanted to think of. And that's the point. Things start to come into your head that you don't realize you need, but they're messages you need to hear. And you will eventually find out why you needed that message when you received it. But sometimes you just need to let everything go and we need to meditate and we need to just, we need to stop trying to control every aspect of our lives because like this virus we can't control what's happening with it right now we can only we can only do so much and I think this is the perfect time while we're home quarantined to practice meditation and to just really check in on ourselves because this time is a crazy time and this proves that you know you know one day we're just normally living out our lives the way we want it to and then the next we're told to quarantine and we're limited to our house and we can only go X amount of places at certain times. And it's, you know, life is controlling us in a way that we don't feel comfortable, but we can get that control back by letting go, if that makes sense. And just listening to our bodies and listening to the world around us and just 
being one with the world. I know this sounds really trippy and I don't know if it makes sense. I'm kind of just speaking off the tip of my tongue, but that's what I get from the story and from me meditating more during this quarantine. I definitely feel more at peace than what I did before all this started happening, if that makes sense. All right, last and final story is I had to do this last because of the title alone. It is titled, Did We See the Jersey Devil? Throw it back to one of like our first episodes ever where we talked about the Jersey Devil because if you guys didn't know, Lily and I are from New Jersey, so of course, represent New Jersey. Got to end with a bang, so let's go. My two friends and I spent a week in New Jersey several years ago. We'll call them Alice and Jan for the purpose of the story. I don't remember exactly what part of Jersey we were in, but the house we were staying in was a guest house in the backyard of the main house, which was owned by Alice's grandparents, and behind the guest house was a fence. And you know who Alice's grandparents are. They start fucking adopting me. The fence was a wooden fence about seven feet high and had spaces in between each slat of wood about one inch apart. Behind the fence was just wooded area, but there was a grassy space right against the fence on the other side. It was around 11 p.m. that night, and we were all outside behind the guest house, between the guest house and the fence. We were all smoking cigarettes, just talking, when we started to hear the crunching of something walking on the other side of the fence. At first, we assume it's just an animal, which is nothing unusual, till Alice says, it sounds like it's walking on two legs. We all stop to listen and all agree that it does. Nobody should be back there, especially this late at night. No human, at least. We listen for a couple seconds when I begin to make out a figure between the spaces and the fence. I'm looking down toward the ground when my eyes adjust and I notice what looks like a deer standing on its hind legs. And if I were in a movie, my eyes begin to scan upwards at whatever I'm looking at. And right when I reach the eyes, I see the shining glare of the back porch light reflecting off its eyes and it's at least two feet taller than all of us. It's peeking through. Oh my God. Before I could even open my mouth, Jane, Jane lets out, oh shit, go, go, go. And we all run as fast as we could do front, to the, do front of the guest house and lock ourselves inside. Jane and I concurred what each other seen, both agreeing it looked like a deer on its hind legs. Alice said right as Jane began to yell, she had noticed that it was slightly taller than the fence. We were scared shitless for the rest of the night trying to rationalize what we seen. It wasn't until weeks later we started discussing the Jersey Devil. I don't know what we saw. None of us did. We laugh about it now, but I still often wonder what it was. That is so creepy. And like, do, do tears go up on their hind legs? I'm trying to think, do they? And this thing had to be like seven feet tall since the fence was seven feet tall. And he's, and they said that this fence, that the, the deer thing was even taller than the fence. So over seven feet. Well, would, if a deer was on its hind legs, which first of all, why the fuck would it be on its hind legs? Hypothetically speaking, if it was, would it be over seven feet? I don't know. But that is fucking horrifying. And I'm just picturing myself that situation and that's so trippy. Oh my God. Okay. Ah, okay. Ah. Oh God. Horrible. Okay. All right, guys. On that note, thank you so much for listening to Just Ghouly Things Quarantine Spooky Story Special Episode 12. Uh, let's go through all the social media. 
our Instagram page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast, my personal Instagram page, at Rebecca Ruber, our Facebook page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast, our private Facebook group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Um, you can follow our Twitter, which we don't really use, JGG, JGT Podcast. Donate to our Patreon, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Every dollar goes towards just keeping this podcast going. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show, email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. And also email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com if you would like to co-host on the show. Email us your name, your social media handles, topics you'd like to talk about, and why you'd like to co-host on the show. All right, Boo Things, thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.